0: This is episode 204 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are, How to Know If Someone is Following You, 12 Ways to Treat Your Chronic Pain Naturally, and GERD, Severe Acid Reflux, Off the Grid. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, did you know that the PrepperWebsite podcast is on a ton of different podcast networks, and you can make sure that you get the podcast delivered to your preferred device without fail? We make it very easy for you to to subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, or any other favorite podcast network. And if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate your subscription and your reviews. Hey, last week, uh, last Friday, or yeah, the Friday podcast, talked a little bit about... um, Prepper groups and, and briefly said that I was going to link to those pages on Prepper website from the archives if anyone had wanted to wanted to go look at you know look at more information on uh, preparedness groups and how to find uh, groups and different things like that and it kind of encouraged me to uh, go ahead and post a page that I used to have on um, on the website prepperchurch.com. And so, went ahead and uh, I I actually I'm I'm glad I found this. I've talked about the archive uh, or the Wayback Machine uh, before, archive.org. And if you go to the tag cloud, I have a I I did a whole um, a video and and uh, website article on how to use this, right? Um, But uh, I was glad I, I used that, and I was able to go and retrieve all the information that I had on PrepperChurch.com because when I save that website for some reason I can't find that page but I was able to to pull everything off and I went ahead and put it on EdThatMatters.com so if you are a Christian Prepper and you are looking to find other Christian Preppers, if you're looking to have a Bible study or form a mutual assistance group, I have a, a page that's dedicated to that on uh, ed that matters and uh, on the top menu bar if you go to community groups it'll take you to that page i have a a couple of um, well i have one embedded video uh... there i also have a link to another video that i did opsec for christians uh... that you might be interested in uh... and then talk a little bit about uh... you know coming together and bible study that kind of thing and then below that i have Uh, People from all over the United States and I actually have one from Australia and one from uh, Canada that has sent me their, their email and said, hey, look, I'm here in this state. Uh, and here's my city, and if there's anybody who's interested in getting together, any other Christian preppers, then, you know, they, they are willing to call me or email me here, and, you know, we can get together, and maybe we go to a coffee shop, we go to something like that, and uh, we, can, we can start off that way, and uh, have a Bible study, you get to know each other, and just see if we are headed in that same direction, and maybe we can link up, and for that the further purpose of uh, Christian fellowship, but then also to have that uh, put put together that mutual assistance group, where uh, you can start developing some plans together. You might be in a situation or in an area where um, there's nobody, you know, nobody around that kind of believes like you, and no one around that. Uh, you know, is into preparedness, and this might be an easy way to do it. Again, I talk a lot about the opsec aspect of it. I talk, a little, you know, about preparedness for Christians on here, uh, and then so you always need to, you know, use wisdom in in doing that. Like again, I suggest you know meeting in a in a, a coffee shop or something like that. Uh, you know or a Denny's or an IHOP or, or something, you know, where uh, you can kind of get together and get to know each other and, and feel each other out for a little bit. And uh, maybe you do that for a long while before uh, you realize, you know, hey, okay, this is going to mesh and, and all that kind of stuff. So you can go check that out over at EdThatMatters.com. I'm also linked to it in uh, the show notes if you are interested in going over there. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our articles. We actually have three today. Um, they're 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 not very long ones, um, so that's why I decided to do three. Uh, but they're good ones, definitely. Our first one comes to us from ModernSurvivalBlog.com. Uh, Ken uh, has an article over there, and uh, it's entitled, How to Know If Someone is Following You. Uh, Ken has a great community over there, so there's uh, 40 comments. And I, I was, list- I was listening, I was listening, I was reading the, the comments, and they uh, a lot of great information there. And so uh, you definitely want to go check out that information uh, or the comments because uh, you always get a lot of great advice. So let's start reading this one. Here's how to find out if someone is following you while you're out walking, jogging, or anywhere out in public. Have you ever had the feeling that someone is following you? Did you, did your senses alert you in some way, but you just couldn't put your finger on it? Try using these techniques to discover if someone re- really is following you, and then I'll tell you what to do about it afterwards. Multiple sightings, matching your speed, starting at you, staring at you. So here we go. Spotting someone three times or more regardless of where you are you will see the others around you later you may recognize someone that you saw just a bit earlier that's a normal circumstance that occurs out of chance you may see that person yet again after that and you might call that coincidence it happens however if you notice the same person a third time during your walk or whatever you're doing chances are that it might be more than just coincidence it may be that someone is following you and time to change your situational awareness level from condition yellow to condition orange Uh, there's a link here to Cooper's color codes for readiness now there are exceptions to this which are logical for example in a grocery store but you get the idea so if someone is matching your speed Most people walk, jog, or move about at slightly different speeds. Even if you're walking with others around you at nearly the same speed, if you speed up or slow down, it should normally be just you doing so at that moment. If someone behind you is continually matching your pace, the alarm bell should ring. The situation will become more revealing if you change your pace several times and the follower continues to match. Chances are that someone is following you. Excessive Eye Contact You can't help but make eye contact with others while out in public. There's a normality about making eye contact with a stranger. But when eye contact is too long, and especially when there are multiple occurrences, you know you're being focused upon. Move to condition orange. Exception. Some of you gals may simply appear hot, and I'm sure you're used to being stared at occasionally you might look at it as a blessing rather than a curse alright there is a little smiley winky face on that one and so uh, yeah you know real world problems there alright what to do if someone is following you now that you suspect that someone is following you what do you do about it to avoid becoming a potential victim you must do something to deter the situation number one immediately upon recognizing that you're being followed change your posture to one of confidence some people tend to slouch and appear weak if that's you, walk tall. Shoulders back and heads up. Criminals look for weak prey, not strong prey. Slow down, stop, and turn around or sideways. Appear as though you are looking for someone else. Then look right at the person you, who you suspect is following you. This sudden turn of events may likely thwart the follower who will move on. And number three, you might turn and confront the follower using your choice of WTF verbiage. Again, most non-professional criminals are looking for an easy target. When you confront them, you are no longer an easy target. So caution, some people are just plain crazy and arguably shouldn't be out in public. Often it's easy to tell if someone fits in this category. Best not to confront them. Use your best judgment. Not everyone can present a firm, confident, or even threatening posture under the circumstances of confrontation. There's a link here to uh, uh, a Mace brand self-defense pepper spray. And then there is another link. Some interesting tips can be found in the following book written by former CIA officer: "Spy Secrets That Can Save Your Life." Uh, there's two links there. And like I said, at the time of this uh, podcast, there's 40 comments here. A lot of good stuff here that I, I was reading, and I was like, "Man, yeah, this is this is good stuff." So uh, hopefully, you get a chance. If this is something a topic that interests you, you get a chance to go over to Modern Survival Blog and go read those comments. I uh, make it very again. Make it very easy for you. Link to it in the show notes if you're on your podcast catcher or iTunes, whatever, where, where, and they uh, provide the show notes. Uh, then you you easily can link right over there and uh, jump right over there and uh, read the comments. Uh, if not, you can always come to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com, episode 204 and it'll link you straight over there. But um, yeah, good article and something something to consider. You never know. I mean, nowadays when everyone is you know paying attention to their phones and uh, not really paying attention to what you know talking on their phones and, and and texting and not really paying attention to what's going on, I think that's very very relevant. There's a video and I wish I would have uh, tagged it or somehow I. I I wish I could remember it but there's a, a video of um, I guess it, it does like uh, two different takes and one is a young woman who's coming out of a store and she's on her phone not paying attention and a guy gets her and takes her and forces her into a car. And the other, the, and then, so after that is like, okay, this is what you should do. And she's coming out and she's very much aware. She's paying attention. She sees this guy, this creepy guy, you know, in this car coming out and she decides to move and turn, turn around. And so I just think that really uh, hits home with a lot of people on how easy it is when you're, you know, uh, you know, on your phone. And I catch myself all the time on that, but I also catch myself all the time as well, uh, you know, I catch, I catch myself I'm like, wait a minute, I, I need to put this away, I put my phone away, and uh, you know, I have my head on a swivel, you know, and uh, so that's, uh, you know, something that you, you need to practice, and you need to be taking taking into consideration, not only because of the day and age that we live in, but now, if you, we are going, you know, going into the Christmas season, uh, people who, are thieves that are out there, who are, you know, searching for people who have money, they're searching for your gifts, they're trying to do you know they're looking at like the article said for easy prey they can you know get, you know hit you really quick and grab your stuff and go um a lot of purse snatching you know we hear a lot uh, about a lot of purse snatching uh my son's fiance you know luckily she didn't get her purse snatched but because uh, she had the, the purse around her arm really well um but uh, it could have very very easily uh you know turned negative on on that and so uh you know that hits home for for us uh, because it's something that, that happens. So definitely try to keep yourself, uh, keep your head on a swivel, situational awareness. Uh, ladies, if you can, uh, you need to get some some mace, uh, uh, carry some mace around with you. Uh, there's some information in the comments, again, about, uh, about mace and uh, those kinds of things. If you're not in a situation where you can conceal carry. Alright, so that's over at ModernSurvivalBlog.com. Uh, go check that one out. All right, our next article is at uh, survivalpedia.com and uh, this is an article and I you know this is one of those one articles uh type of information that I think is important. I think that uh, you're going to listen to it, and uh, I really think that you should, you know, if you're if you're not able to go to the to the article anytime soon, try to make some mental notes of it and go do some research on these because the title of the article is "12 Ways to Treat Your Chronic Pain Naturally," and you know one of the advice, you know, I, there was a young man that was one of the uh, friends of of one of my one of my sons. And was wanting to go into medicine. And I said, have you ever thought about natural medicine? Have you ever thought about going into that? And, um, you know, from what I understand, he really, he, he hasn't even pursued that yet. Uh, but, uh, and he's been out of high school for, for a while. But. I think that with, and, and I've talked about this over and over uh, again, I think with the um, with the cost of health care, and I don't think that's changing. I mean, we've you know we got a Republican president in there. He's been in there for a while now. There's no, there's things that could have changed. Obamacare didn't change when it could have changed. Uh, you have these, I think it's going to still stay the same. There There's just, you know, it's there. Health costs are going to go, continue to go up. And as the economy starts to, if we get into a thing where it really starts to Drinking, going to the doctor for little basic things. You know, right now we easily go and whatever. Uh, you know, people, you know, moms and being in the in the, the education system. I saw this all the time. A kid starts running a fever. A mom direct, you know, immediately goes to the goes to the emergency care or you know clinic or whatever to get some antibiotics. Uh, you know, back in the day, I, I can remember. You have a fever, okay. Well, let's you know, one or two or three days. Let's see what's going on. And then after two days, if it's not going away, all right, then let's go ahead and go to the doctor or whatever. But you know, uh, let the let your fever. Your your body is trying to fight that naturally. And nowadays, we just go and immediately, immediately get medicine. And so I think eventually we'll get to a point where that's not going to happen uh, as much because the costs are going to be too much. We're not going to be able to afford those kinds of things. And even if you go to the clinic and you do that. Medicine has really jumped through the roof too. So, if you don't have insurance and you don't have really good insurance, um, uh, you know, like uh, pharmaceutical or medical uh, uh, pharmacy insurance. Then you're you're uh, you're paying a lot of money out of pocket. You know we talked about the flu here recently. I believe last week or the week before, and we talked about if you could if you could stockpile Tamiflu, that would be great. But I think even Tamiflu, at least the last time that you know we bought it, it was and this was a while back was a hundred bucks. You know, and so um, again, I think it's very worth it to have something like Sambacol and uh, you know that's over the counter elderberry and uh, yeah, so things like that. So I think it's it, it behooves us. How about that word right there? It behooves us to know some of these natural remedies. It, It helps... To even start growing some of these things, you might be growing some of these things already and not know them. And so, if you have a preparedness binder, if you have uh, things that you print out, and you you know you want a specific things that you research, well, then this might be one of those articles that you print out, or at least you start taking some notes and go start doing some some of your own research. And then also, when it gets around to the time where you can start planting, and uh, you know uh, whatever it might be, then you go ahead and. implant some of these things and I think it's very important. Uh, So let's go ahead and jump right into this one at uh, survivalpedia.com. Like I said, the title is 12 ways to treat your chronic pain naturally. Chronic pain is an issue for many people, especially as you age or if you sustain an injury. It also doesn't help that doctors prescribe pain pills like they're chiclets. So our tolerance to pain is lowered because the meds have masked it for so long that if you have to stop taking your meds, you're miserable. But there are natural ways to treat your pain, either if SHTF or you just want to avoid pharmaceuticals and can go the natural route instead. Just as we have met meds with as, such as ibuprofen and acetaminophen to treat general aches and pains, there are also natural treatments that have been used for centuries. Even now you can buy teas in specialty stores that contain some of these items and if not, they're mostly readily available so you can make your own. For that matter, you can find many of them in your backyard. Many of these were so effective that they're actually where modern pharmaceuticals got their start. Number one is willow bark. Most people don't know this, but willow bark, specifically the tender part between the hard outside bark and the meat of the white willow tree, was the original base for aspirin. The active ingredients in it is salicin, and that's what was used before synthetics were invented. You can use it to make tea, or you can chew it. It acts as a general painkiller and is effective for headaches, toothaches, and general body aches. It's also good for arthritis, lower back pain, and has the same heart-healthy benefit that aspirin does. It carries the same risk as aspirin does: gastric ulcers and gastric cancers. Also, like aspirin, it can cause RISE syndrome in kids. As an adult, don't exceed 250. I'm sorry, 240 milligrams of willow bark per day. So as uh, as I was getting ready for the podcast, I'm like, "How do you know what 240 milligrams of bark is?" Right? <laughs> you know. But uh, anyway, it's like, "Hey, I cut off a uh, you know an inch of willow bark, so that's you know it's 100 milligrams. I don't know, but uh, anyway, you know, you you gotta have a little bit of an idea there." But the willow bark is one of those things uh, you definitely, if you have access to that, if that's one that grows around you, you want to know, you want to know that one. All right, so let's go ahead and continue. Number two is turmeric, curcumin, an ingredient in turmeric has been used for centuries as an anti-inflammatory to treat osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis it's also used by some to treat hemorrhoids it's better to eat it as a seasoning or in a capsule though some make a paste of it and rub it on All right, that's the first time I've ever heard that it works with hemorrhoids but uh, there is a and I've talked about this before in the past there is a little tonic that I drink every morning I I don't remember where i uh, I saw it maybe it was on Facebook one day or whatever, but it is lemon turmeric and um, uh, turmeric honey and water. and uh, so you make it and and usually I make a batch on Sunday or Monday and drink it all throughout the week, about six to eight ounces. I, I drink it in the morning time before I have my coffee. It's the first thing that I drink, and uh, there's just so many health benefits to to uh, drinking you know lemon and then the turmeric and uh honey and and having that and so i i just think i feel overall i think i feel better Uh, maybe it's psychological but there's just a lot of health benefits to it Uh, i'm gonna i'll try to find that one and link to it in the show notes if you're interested in it this is a very very easy tonic to make and uh one that uh, is worthwhile all right number three is mint there is still a doctor approved, This is still a doctor approved treatment for stomach upset and is one of the reasons that people offer mint candy after a meal, though I have to wonder if that actually contains mint. Just chew a couple of leaves and you'll not only have fresh breath, your stomach discomfort will disappear too. Ginger Ginger contains gingerol, a phytonutrient linked to several different health benefits. Among them is relief of stomach upset, nausea, morning sickness, gastric ulcers, menstrual pain, and muscle pain and soreness. Gingerol is not only pain relief is not only pain, a pain reliever, it's also an anti inflammatory, which makes it a possible help for inflammatory conditions such as arthritis. Other health benefits include improved congenital. Uh, cognitive, inf- cognitive function and protection against Alzheimer's disease and cancer. You can eat ginger straight. I like to have a sliver of candied ginger after meals. Or you can cook with it or make a tea. Ginger is one of those things that is very, very easy to grow. And uh, smells absolutely great. So uh, what I have done is in the past we had uh, a little farmer's market. Uh, that would open up around, and I just one day I decided to call and say, "Hey, do y'all carry ginger?" And they so happened to have some ginger, and I asked them, "I'm like, is is it? You know, do you know if it's, uh, you know, how it was grown or whatever?" And 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 uh, they they believed they weren't 100 percent sure that it was, you know, legitly uh, grown that they didn't have any uh, pesticides or anything kind of on it. So I went ahead and took the chance uh to to go ahead and, and plant that so brought it home, cut up a little bit of it and put it into the ground and the suckers just always just takes off and, and uh I really I just leave it in the ground and if I need some I go uh get some out but it just continues to grow and grow and grow. Uh one thing that's cool about ginger is that deer don't eat it and so if you have a a place that you know you want to put some some ginger you just can put it out there and let it grow. I don't know if other animals will eat it. Or not? I just I know that the deer is deer deer doesn't, and so that's one thing that I want to take out to the to the country and uh, put down into the ground and just let it just man I, I mean if it just continued you know running and, and and creating tubers I mean I would be good with it, but I love the way that it smells uh, I love the way that uh, just walking by there and uh, getting a whiff of it it's uh, it's great to have. And uh, just the the health benefits behind it, I think are very, very significant. So I think it's something that everybody should grow. All right, uh, number five is clove. I can personally attest to this one too. I had chronic issues with my teeth due to a genetic disorder. As we all know, toothaches make you miserable. I rub a little bit of clove oil directly on the sore spot or abscess, then also put a couple of drops in my palm and rub my hands together. Even after the clove oil started to wear off, I could cup my hands together and inhale the oil and it would provide more relief. I've been told it's also good for earaches. Number six, feverfew. Fever-few is a good general pain reliever, but it's specifically known for its ability to help get rid of headaches, migraines, and rheumatoid arthritis. There aren't any serious side effects related to it, except you shouldn't take it if you're pregnant. It may also cause mouth irritation, so rinse your mouth after you eat it or drink tea. St. John's Wort. Though commonly used as a natural antidepressant, St. John's Wort is also used to relieve neuropathic pain such as sciatica as well as arthritis. An upside to this plant is that that the pretty yellow flowers make a great addition to your ornamental plant garden too. Valerian root commonly used to help with sleep and anxiety valerian root is also used to help relieve the pain of muscle spasms and cramps. Since it is used as a calming agent and is effective at that, you shouldn't drive or do silly things like run your back hole after you've taken it. Instead, lie down and grab the remote. So yeah, uh, if you take a little bit of valerian root, just settle down, let it let it do its thing. All right. Number nine is comfrey. Comfrey is another plant that makes for a beautiful ornamental. It's also used to treat muscle pain such as upper and lower back pain. Make a paste from it and rub it onto the pained area. Do not take it internally though. Traditionally it's been used orally to help knit broken bones. A nickname is knit bone. But now we know it has a hypotoxic alkaloid that can, can cause liver failure. So don't use it internally number 10 is magnesium magnesium can help reduce or get rid of headaches migraines muscle spasms and fibromyalgia it's also necessary for several bodily functions including good cognitive functions but as many as 80 percent of the population is magnesium deficient drinking alcohol lowers magnesium levels to get your daily boost eat seeds such as sunflower and pumpkin seeds and then there's a graphic here, top 10 magnesium foods, uh, spinach, chard, pumpkin seeds, yogurt, almonds, black beans, avocado, figs, dark chocolate, banana, there you go, you have a you have a, an excuse to eat dark chocolate right there alright so man a lot of those um, I, I bet I'm good with magnesium because I eat a lot of these, these foods alright um, number eleven is capsaicin capsaicin is the ingredient in peppers that makes them hot It's also an awesome antibacterial and anti-inflammatory. You can also make a paste from it and rub it directly on the area that hurts. This is a case where a little dab will do you. Don't make your paste more than .0075% capsaicin or else you'll run the chance of burning your skin. I'd recommend doing a small patch test before applying it to a large area just to make sure you can tolerate it. I still don't know how you would make 0.0075 percent capcity. I don't know how you would do that. But again, like I said, this this isn't your uh, you know the the this is a a bouncing off article. So you get the information that you need and move from it from from there. Um, I know that you know before my wife uh, she I talked to she had you know severe migraines and we went to one of the self-reliant shows and Dr. Christopher. Uh, uh, his organization was there. I think it's his son or his grandson was, was there. Talked to him a little bit about what do you do with migraines, and, and this this came up here. Uh, and I said, What if it's real severe and that doesn't touch it? And he said, Well, you can sniff a little bit of, of cayenne pepper, uh, and that's supposed to open up, you know, the. But man, I, I would suspect that that would hurt. So I don't know. My wife was never willing to try that. Uh, she did get the date piercing. Uh, That's a piercing in your ear and it worked. So uh, I know there's a lot of people that suffer from something like that. Um, But anyway, that might be something that you're interested in. And number 12 is Boswellia. Also more, more commonly known as Indian frankincense, studies suggest Boswellia may be effective as lowering inflammation, reducing joint and arthritis pain, helping fight cancer, speeding up healing from infections, and potentially preventing autoimmune disease. There are many alternatives to natural painkillers, and most of all, these can be grown right in our backyard. There's no reason to suffer from pain just, be, just because the SHTF, and you don't have to access and you don't have access to modern painkillers. Grow them in your ornamental garden and make use of them to survive pain. You have any ideas for natural painkillers that I've missed? Please feel free to share them in the comments below. Alright, there's three comments that you can come check out. Uh, but, uh, I, like I said, I think this is a great bouncing off article. You come and hopefully you heard some that maybe, uh, provide a little bit of insight. Some of these are very, very easy to grow. Some of these I've tried to grow from seed that I wasn't very, uh, uh, successful at just because I, I don't have a green thumb. I really have to work hard, uh, you know, in the garden. <laughs> I just got to be smart about it. Uh, but, um, Like I said, the ginger, I love the ginger. Those kinds of things I think are are great. And there's a lot more out there. I mean, there's only 12, but there's a lot of other um, great, uh, you know, like you, we didn't talk about chamomile. There's lavender. There's all kinds of different things out there that uh, that we can continue to look at. Um, they did they did talk a little bit about mint, but you can look at peppermint. You can look at spearmint. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff out. So anyway, uh, hopefully it's a jumping off article, and not only to you know for now. And I, I keep saying because I, I believe that modern medicine is just going to be uh, you know so expensive down the road, uh, but. Also, in a poop hit the fan situation, right? Um, you know, we all should have uh, over the counter drugs. We all should, you know, stock those kinds of things up. But eventually, those run out, and so you need to have some idea of a backup. And so you get to know those things. Get to know these things now, when you get a chance. Grow these things now, when you have a chance. So later on down the road, if you need it, you're you, you you're good. You know, you don't have to like kick yourself and like, man, I wish I would have that. And uh, so. Go check that out. Article over at Survivalpedia.com. All right, this last article. Uh, no, I'm blasting through these really quickly, but this is uh, this article right here. I got to tell you, it's. Um, well, let me do this. I'm going to read it and then I'm going to come back with a story that uh, that uh, I think um, a lot of people would identify with. So uh, this is over at DoomAndBloom.net. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's website, and uh, the title of the article is GERD. Uh, It's G-E-R-D, Severe Acid Reflex Off the Grid, right? So let's go ahead and let's jump right into this article, and then I want to come back and tell you a little story. in this high-stress world, you probably know someone who suffers from GERD, a gastroesophageal reflux disease. Gastro refers to your stomach. Esophageal refers to the tube that runs from it to your throat. Acid reflux is essentially acid that escapes the stomach and can go all the way up to your throat. GERD is a severe form of acid reflux that can ruin a person's quality of life. Normally, an area called the lower esophageal uh, Sphincter or LES is what separates the contents of the very acidic stomach from entering the esophagus. In GERD, the LES allows food to enter the stomach but fails to close tightly enough to keep juices from going back up, causing what we call heartburn and other symptoms. Up to 20% of the U.S. population suffers from some form of GERD, which means that it's likely that the medic will eventually encounter this issue in a remote setting or survival scenario. Off the grid, we won't have the stress that goes with the modern rat race, but there will be more basic issues just as concerning like where's my next meal coming from. GERD may occur in those with a hiatal hernia. This condition occurs when the top of the stomach moves up through a weak area in the diaphragm, the muscles that separate chest from abdomen and help you breathe. As such, acid can more easily leave the stomach. Although the stomach has a line, you know what? Let me go back up there. There's, I'm going to tell you another story. there was a, when I was going through graduate school, we had to do some work where we interviewed principals, and our cohort, you know, would go out to different schools. And uh, this uh, this one day, we were, we went out. And there was about four of us, and um, we were interviewing a middle school principal. And one of my uh, one of the the guys that went through the cohort with me and and uh, a, a friend just he kept saying he wasn't feeling good and uh i mean he he wasn't you know he was he was new to the area i think you know, he'd only been here about a year year and a half and uh just he looked, he just wasn't feeling good you could tell he wasn't feeling good but as we were there in in the meeting i kept looking at him and the guy turned green i am not joking he turned green and I finally, I mean, the principal is just going to town, and we're taking notes. And I finally said, "Hey, look, I, I got to stop really quick." And I turned to him, I'm like, "Man, you you're green, dude. I don't know what's going on, but you're green. You need to go. You need to go somewhere. Uh, this is not right." And um, everyone, like, "Yeah, you you don't look good. You you need to get out. Uh, you need to go to the doctor." So, do you want us to drive you to the to the emergency room? What do you? Want? He goes, "No, let me just find a doctor." He didn't even have a doctor. So I'm like, hey, I go to this one right here. It was just down the street. And I think they, they take walk-ins. And he went in there. And it was this hiatal hernia thing. And so he got off a of caffeine. And um, caffeine, I can't remember what else it was. But uh, that's what it was. And it, it fixed him. I mean, it it it, it worked. But uh, I never forget. I'd never seen someone turn green like that before. And uh, it was just so very, very visible. And um but uh, that that happened there so that brought up that memory uh when when I was talking about that so if you ever if you ever see that or know that and this guy was a big tough guy football player coach uh, you know, and, uh, so he was dealing with it. He was just kind of, you know, trying to, uh, push through it or whatever, but eventually he needed to go get, get it taken care of. And I can't remember if they prescribed anything, but I know one of the things that he needed to stop doing was, was, uh, caffeine. And so he went from whatever he was drinking to drinking like root beer and and different things like that. So, um, or caffeine, caffeine free root beer, which I think almost all of it is. I think there's some that's out there that does have caffeine, but anyway, uh, that brought that to mind. All right. Uh, continuing on. Although the stomach has a lining that can handle acidic environments, the esophagus becomes inflamed when exposed to too much. The lining becomes weakened and can erode a condition known as an ulcer. Ulcers can occur in the esophagus, stomach and upper part of the small intestine. To make the diagnosis of ulcer or acid reflux disease as opposed to, say, chest pain from heart issues, the timing of the discomfort is important. Ulcer and acid reflux discomfort occurs soon after eating but is sometimes seen several hours after a meal. It can be differentiated from other causes of chest pain in another way. It gets better by drinking milk or taking antacids. As you can imagine, this would do much for this wouldn't do much for heart problems. Also, it often worsens when lying down or eating acidic foods. In the worst cases, such as with ulcers, black, blackish stool may be seen or vomiting may occur that looks like coffee grounds. This is a sign of bleeding high up in the GI tract. Certain lifestyle changes are often helpful for people with GERD. Eating smaller meals, say five a day, and avoiding acidic foods before bedtimes may help prevent reflux. Give your stomach at least three hours to empty before you lie down or add a pillow or two behind your shoulders, head, and neck. You would think chewing gum would increase stomach acid. Chewing gum, however, produces saliva. Saliva acts to buffer acid. Also, you swallow the saliva, which might force some of the acid further down the esophagus. Your patient may benefit from avoiding certain foods. These commonly include acidic fruit, for example, oranges or other citrus fatty food, coffee, certain teas, tomatoes, onions, peppermint, chocolate, alcohol, and spicy foods. All stuff that I just love to eat, right? That sucks. Medicines like aspirin, ibuprofen, and others may also cause stomach issues as well. Smoking is thought to worsen GERD. One thing about milk, although it may be helpful as a treatment, avoid regular milk intake and stick with low fat as high levels of fat ingestion may actually increase stomach acid. Obese individuals seem to suffer more from this problem. Excess abdominal fat can press against the stomach, forcing acids up into the esophagus. Weight loss may help—something that's likely in survival scenarios. Medications that commonly r- relieve acid reflux include calcium, magnesium, aluminum, uh, and bismuth, and acids such as Tums, Maalox, Mylanta, or pepto as well as medications such as Antac, Tagament, and Prilosec. These medications are available in non-prescription strength and are easy to accumulate in quantity. In modern times, GERD can be definitely identified by procedures such as upper GI, endoscopy, x-ray tests like an upper GI series, and other high technology. Of course, off-the-grid, these aren't an option. There are many alternative remedies reported to be helpful to deal with GERD, home remedies for acid reflux include organic apple cider vinegar mix one tablespoon in four ounces of water drink before each meal aloe vera juice mix one ounce and two ounces of water before a meal baking soda mix one tablespoon in a glass of water and drink right away when you begin to feel heartburn uh, glutamine, glutamine or glutamine an amino acid that has an anti-inflammatory effect and reduces acid reflux it can be found in milk and eggs and melatonin might be useful for some. More study is needed on this one. I'm sure you have some home remedies of your own. Off the grid, many stoic individuals in the preparedness community may be unlikely to tell to the medic about something they consider trivial like heartburn. Someone in pain, however, loses sleep and work efficiency. Always question these people to find out what their symptoms are. You might be able to help. All right. Uh, I think that a lot of people suffer from this more than uh, more than we realize out there, and maybe it 's because of the foods that we eat and uh, you know the junk that we put inside of us, and maybe it 's just you know the, our, our lives our high stress lives we 're not as mobile we 're not working the land we 're not an agricultural society like we, like we used to be. Um, I know that uh, you know my mother-in-law suffered from that LES, and and she actually that little flap that that we were reading about that closes. I think she had to get that repaired um, because it was so bad. I know that she always suffered from that. So my story is uh, not too long ago. Uh, I think it was this summer. Uh, my wife and I tried a new uh, Mexican restaurant, and uh, they had some great salsa. I had you know in in. Um, I hate, one of the things I hate when I go to a Mexican restaurant is getting the salsa that's like uh, tomato paste, you know, I was like, come on, man, I want some really good salsa, and, and I don't know, I just don't like that, a lot of people do, but I don't, and it's just like warm tomatoes, to tom- tomato paste, but uh, they had some great salsa, and I was eating it up, man, I was like, it was, it was, uh, tasted great, had a great flavor, there's a little spice to it, and I would just eating it up and then i you know i I had uh my meal and it was good it was spicy i loved it it was you know good food and i'm like yeah this is this is good to good good to go a lot of garlic a lot of onions those kinds of that kind of thing but came home and uh, decided to go ahead and lay down and uh, i took a nap and uh, in the middle of my nap, I woke up and ran, had to run to the restroom because I felt like I was going to puke. And I've never, I guess I've never been asleep before. I mean, there was one time where I had food poisoning uh, that uh, that this was the case, but I was ly- lying down. But in this case, I was in a dead sleep and all of a sudden woke up to, th- to-, to the feeling like I was going to throw up. So I get up out of the bed, run over to the uh, uh, to the to the to the restroom to the toilet, and start like I'm like I'm puking up, but it, it uh, nothing's coming up. But then the other thing was is that like I couldn't breathe, and it was just it was so now na- I had the th- that heartburn feeling. It was just nasty. Uh, and uh, again, I, I I'm pretty good at being able to calm myself down when I'm in one of those. I don't like panic and freak out. And so I was able to okay, okay, Todd calm down, breathe in through your nose. You're going to be fine and uh but it was it was just uh it was a nasty feeling and i haven't felt like that ever since uh but my dad my dad was like hey there you go man once you get that once you're gonna get it on a regular basis and so luckily thank god i, I have not i uh, felt that again but i've also you know try to try to consider some of the things that i'm eating and things like that although uh this list here I mean, I love all those foods. I mean, I love having onions. I've really tried to cut tomatoes, but coffee, you know, uh, love fruit, um, spicy foods. Um, you know. So I, I love all that kind of stuff, and, uh, but you gotta, you got to be careful uh, about it and not necessarily eat and then go right to bed and, and have those problems. And so, uh, man, I, I think a lot of people are dealing with that. A lot of people are sucking down uh, antacids and, and, and things like that. And uh, I think we just need to curb our, our habits just a little bit. And they're, they're pretty helpful when we do that. But even at that, there's times where it's just, man, it's going to happen. And, uh, you know, that just goes. It, it just goes. And you got to be able to deal with it and, and work work with it. Um, there are a couple of uh, graphics here over at doomandbloom.net that you want to go check out. Uh, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy always have great graphics and, um, to explain what they're talking about. Um, and so I, I, you know, I recommend you going over and just to see those graphics. I think it's, uh, it's a great, um, you know, a great article. And maybe if you are, again, if you're, you know, keeping a, a preparedness binder, I know a lot of people do. This might be one of them to, to print out. Uh, in fact, all of Doctor Bones Interstami's uh, articles, I think I would print out, uh, and they do make it very easy for you. At the very bottom of the of the article, right underneath Doctor Bones's picture, uh, there is a green button that says Print Friendly, and you can click on that and uh, print out uh, you know a friendly uh, you know something that, that's easy to go ahead and print out that you don't get all the other things on the on the website. And uh, so you can put it in your preparedness binder. And again, I'm going to recommend that you get their book, the Survival Medicine Handbook. I have a link to it on the... I I finally went ahead and put it on my sidebar and just just, uh, there on the website because I talk about it so often. And so hopefully you get, you know, you can link to it there and uh, go pick it up over at Amazon. I think uh, everyone should have that one. That is the... If anyone asks me, you know, uh, about a book that you should have in preparedness... That's the number one book that you want, to, uh, you want to have. All right. I know I talk about that all the time. All right, guys. Hey, that's it for episode 204. I think it's a great way to start our week off. With a bunch of great articles that you can uh, go get even more information on. I appreciate you being a part of the podcast. If you, uh, if you get a chance... I'd love to connect with you. You can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or on Instagram. And if you haven't become part of the Facebook group, I'd like to welcome you to come be a part of that. We have a great learning community. We, uh, you know, this week, this last weekend, I, I got to share some pictures. Uh, my son and I, and, and my father-in-law, we cut up. Um, a deer that my my son shot last uh, last week and we went ahead and cut it up and to put it in the freezer to get ready to, uh, we're going to grind it down for hamburger meat and, and or, you know, the, the, to make hamburger meat and sausage and different things like that. And uh, you know, just just you know, being able to do stuff like that, and then ask questions, and uh, just uh, a good place over there where uh, y- you can feel comfortable to ask a question and not feel like people are gonna uh, make fun of you, or people are going to dog you, like you know, how stupid are you, blah blah blah. That's so common sense, and I just I, I don't like that. I hate that. And so I want it to be a place where people can learn and grow and uh, learn to become more self uh, self reliant. So uh, that's over at the Facebook group. You can hit to it. You can hit hit it on the show notes, and it'll take you straight to Facebook. You can come over to uh, the proper website, podcast, or even Ed That Matters, and link to it there. Or you can go straight to a life dot com. Just put that in your bris- browser. A more self li- Oh my gosh! A more self and that will take you straight over there. And uh, you just hit the join button, and we'll approve you and get you in there. And, uh, you know, be a part of that group. All right, guys, with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.